from the Basement, Episode 21. I'm Amy Therakin. And I'm Lisa Burkett. This is a podcast where Lisa and I discuss book series that we read growing up in the 70s and 80s, and we are currently reading the Trixie Belden Mysteries. The book we are tackling today is The Marshland Mystery, Part 2. That was book 10 in the series, written in 1962 by an unknown author. Another unknown. Another unknown. Well, I guess we did this one last week, too. So <laughs> same unknown. Same unknown as part one. Yes. That's All right. Fair. Any dusting follow-up and corrections? Yes, ma'am. Okay. We talked about a jalopy and whether it would be a small car or a big car. Mm-hmm. So I looked up the definition. This is from vocabulary.com. A jalopy is an old car that isn't working very well. There are a lot of insulting words in English, mostly for people. A jalopy is a rundown, beat up, falling apart car that needs to be replaced. So there was nothing about size. It can be any size car. It's just yeah, falling apart, basically. Yeah, I think it's it's probably just whatever image you and I have sure. in our minds from when we had a jalopy reference. <laughs> I'm, picturing, I'm picturing the Archie comics and they're them all yes, piled into like an old falling apart. Because they called it a jalopy. Well, there we go. That learned what it meant. Also, Brian's $50 car is probably <laughs> it's a jalopy because it was $50. Okay, check. Now we're going to move on to... Mart and the apple. Remember the apple that had its own personality? Its own life force? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the original was actually Mart and the apple followed at once, and it was corrected or changed to Mart and the apple followed. The reason we couldn't see it that way was because it was backwards in the Schoolgirl Seamus' Incorporated list of changes. Oh, so I remember we were like, there's no 8, 1980 version after that. Is there a $1.75 version and all of that? So right. I solved that mystery. You're welcome. Still no, no, mis- no answer to the mystery of how the apple got. I am not going to be able to solve the mystery of why the apple has a human aspect to it. <laughs> yes, got up and walked out yeah it has its own free will yes i don't have any explanation for why the apple is alive all right we're gonna go to types of roads it all started with the super highway uh-huh and then we were talking about what's an expressway versus a toll road versus whatever okay so the interstate is the highway system that connects states together so it can be all different kinds of roads A highway is a very loose definition. It's a public road. It can either be a restricted access road or limited access, whatever. So you can have turnoffs. You can have stoplights. You can have all different things on a highway. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the roads are that. The speed limit's usually about 55. And then there's a control access highway, which is designed for high-speed vehicular traffic, where there's no traffic signals. You have overpasses and underpasses. Entrance and exits are provided by ramps and opposing directions of traffic are separated by a median strip, a traffic barrier, or grass. Then these are the regional names for controlled access. It's called a freeway in parts of Australia, Canada, and the western part of the U.S. And it's called that, which I did not know this, 
because it's a restricted access highway that's supposed to be free of charge instead of a toll road. Isn't that weird? Freeway. Yeah. I have never, never put that. Never like a free highway. Yeah. As such, it doesn't include toll booths. And not all freeways are part of the interstate system because they can actually connect cities and not go across states. Mm-hmm. In UK, Ireland, and Europe, it's called a motorway. And in parts of Canada and parts of the US, it's called an expressway. A toll road is also called a turnpike or a tollway. And that is a controlled access highway for which a fee is assessed for passage. And they use the money to recoup the costs of road construction and maintenance. It's basically a double tax because these states also pay fuel taxes, which also go toward road construction and maintenance. So. Of course, there's no uniform answer. (laughs) Okay. The so-called superhighway of Westchester County. (laughs) It's U.S. Route 9, part of the U.S. highway system. It runs from Laurel, Delaware to Champlain, New York. So all the way down to Yonkers. But then in Westchester County, it runs close to the Hudson River, but it's not a super high. I mean, it's basically a two-lane highway. It goes through residential areas. It goes through shopping districts. It goes through historical sites. Crosses over I-87. Then it becomes a busy main street in Terrytown. Then it goes through Sleepy Hollow, right past the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. And then it expands to four lanes at intersection with New York 117, which is north. So basically... It's a two-lane highway for most of the way. There's a little section where it's four lanes. I don't think it would be considered a super highway. They make a big deal about how it cut off. Yes. (laughs) Like there were bridges and interchanges and all of that. My sources were Motor Biscuit and Wikipedia, of course. Okay. In our little ender last time about the games... Yeah. One of them was pretend to be a soap salesman. Soap salesmen did exist starting in the 1800s and they went door to door selling soap. Okay. Let's talk about Lady the Horse. Okay. Because there's a lot of different things. This is like my Susie rundown, but this is for Lady. (laughs) Okay. So in Secret of the Mansion, it's referred to as Mrs. Wheeler's Horse and a dapple gray mare. That is the first horse Trixie rides, and Bobby also rides her for that lesson with Reagan. Yeah. Then in the gatehouse mystery, Trixie is still riding Lady, but then that's when they get Susie. So she starts riding Susie, and then it says that Honey likes to ride Lady when she's tired and sleepy, because Lady is very gentle. Mysterious visitor, Di gets a lesson on Lady, who's never ridden before. The mystery off Glen Road, it says Trixie is riding Lady, who is referred to as Mrs. Wheeler's gentle little mare. And then Trixie starts riding Susie. That's when she kind of switches to Susie. Okay, but then in the Marshland mystery is when everything with Lady changes. They refer to Lady as a little thoroughbred who was Mrs. Wheeler's pet, which I don't know anyone who refers to a horse as a pet. (laughs) But they did. And then a a sentence later, basically, or a little bit farther down in that paragraph, they say Lady is a part Arabian. And we talked about this last time. I talked to Anna, who is the barn manager where I board my horse and is very knowledgeable. She said, 
when you say thoroughbred, you you would mean a full-blooded thoroughbred horse. And it's not common to cross a thoroughbred with an Arabian because it would be a hot breed crossed with another hot breed. So whatever they want to say is fine. But Lady could not be a thoroughbred and or Arabian and still have all of these beginners ride her. It would be, and this is me talking, not Anna, but they're going to be very difficult to ride. They're not gentle. No, they're like a Jupiter. Anyway, take that for what it is. Also in the Marshland Mystery, they call refer to Susie as steady old Susie, whereas every other book refers to her as saucy or the sweet little black mare, the young mare, all of these things. I don't know where steady old Susie came from, but that is not her personality. She's, I mean, she's, she's always running away. She ran away with Dan Mangan on her back. She's reared Trixie off several times. Yeah. I picture her as young. She is. That's because they keep calling her the young mare. And then lastly, the Bob White whistle we talked about. And I went back and looked at Secret of the Mansion. Honey and Trixie both learned it and they could whistle it as well as Jim. I could not find, which is what I think brought this up, where Jim used it. I think that we, we were talking about that he had used it to signal something. And then we were both like, did he? I couldn't find it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Okay, that's it. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes. We're back on the Australia charts. 167 in books in Australia. Our email is booksfromthebasementpc at gmail.com. Twitter at books underscore basement. So you can follow us there. I still have not done anything with Twitter. I'm waiting for people, our listeners, to do something so I know what I'm supposed to do. Because I don't know, frankly. Just wait for that to happen. (laughs) Right. So we're just going to hold off on that. See what comes. Okay. That's all I have. Are we ready to get back into this book? Let's get back in. Okay. We are on chapter 11 called Someone Named Emily. Ooh, I didn't put together a summary, but if I remember correctly... We were at the point where Gay had found the map and had taken Bobby's bike from the Wheeler's shed and ridden it to the marsh. And everyone was looking for her as a missing child, but the police weren't looking for her very well. And then they finally all end up at Miss Rachel's and they hear... Someone banging on the barn door saying, let me out, let me out. And a small dog barking. Gay and her poodle puppy had been found. Uh Okay. Rundown for chapter 11. Again, someone named Emily. Miss Rachel had accidentally locked Gay in the barn. When she comes out, Gay is wearing an old-fashioned dress. Miss Rachel says the name Emily and then cries. Trixie wants to ask her father about the Martins, But when she gets home, he's not there. Trixie promises to take Bobby and maybe Gay on a bike ride the next day. So let's start talking about the chapter, though. All right. They're going to let Gay out of the barn, I'm assuming. (laughs) They all run to the barn, right? Because Sergeant Rooney has to 
drag the pin out of the hasp that held oh, the barn door secure. Hasp. The hasp. That was in Happy Valley. It was. When they were in the flood. Mm-hmm. They were getting into the barn. Okay, so now there's a hasp on the barn door, which means it's, I would say, locked. But, I mean, not with a lock, right? So, right. like, for sure, locked so someone inside so, can't get out. Well, it took Sergeant Rooney a minute. <laughs> well, Sergeant Rooney isn't very good at opening barn doors. Apparently not. Only a minute. <laughs> it would take me about two seconds to open yeah. the barn door. Well, how do we know now how this so, barn door got secured? Right. The because... Gay accuses Miss Rachel of locking her in the barn, which I can understand that she would see that as locking her in the barn because if it's if it is a hasp, then you can't get out. Okay, so I guess. Okay, so I, I think what happened is that when Honey and Trixie rode their bikes to the swamp, Trixie saw that the barn door was partway open on the way there and on the way back. Correct. Okay. Then when she finds out Bobby's bike is missing and she realizes, oh, that probably Gay took it and it's in the swamp or in the, sorry, in the ditch. And she rides Lady back. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. She thinks, oh, there's the bike. It's Gay. She goes to the door and knocks on the lady's door who doesn't answer. Right. So then she's, you know, decides to look for Gay. So she goes and she sees that the barn door is now closed. And so she goes to the barn, she opens up the door and she starts calling for gay because she had heard Mr. Pooh barking. Yeah. Right. And that's why Uh she kind of went to the barn. Okay. So then she looks around. She doesn't hear anything. She's yelling for gay. Gay's not answering. Mr. Pooh's not barking. She, she gets, now she thinks that gay is in the house with the old lady Mm -hmm. with the witch from Hansel and Gretel. So (laughs) She leaves and she closes the barn door tightly behind her. Again, doesn't say if she shuts the hasp or anything. Just says tightly. Tightly behind. And goes to the door and knocks. And that's when the lady opens it up and just like is mean to her or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Da, 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 da. Okay. So then Trixie decides she needs to go home and get help. Okay. Yes. Okay. So between the time that she goes home to get help and she, Jim and Brian come back with the car, Uh Miss Rachel has gone out to lock up for the night and it has closed the hasp on the barn door. Okay. Okay. Because we kind of, I was confused. I thought maybe she did that while Trixie was there originally. Right. Remember because we were talking like maybe, about, yeah. Maybe that's why she didn't answer the door. Right. She, she was, was out closing up. And how did Trixie not see her? So, mm-hmm. okay. And that kind of is in partly in chapter 11. So we'll get, get to that too. But yeah. So, okay. Anyway, it was Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel says she did it. So yes. Okay. Did that makes sense to me. Gay was in there. Okay. okay. That makes sense. All right. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of like everything in these books kind of makes sense. But then there's always questions that linger. Yeah. Okay. Trent and Trixie are scowling at each other. There's a lot of yelling and scowling and shouting. Sarcasm. And I don't know. I don't like this Paul Trent character. 
He's just not. He's no good. But Jim, I think I'll go take that up with him before he makes any mistakes in his story. He turned away to follow Trent with a grim look on his face. Again, protecting his gal. Heart moment. We're not allowed to have heart moments anymore. I'm still going to have them. The entire plot would have been completely different if he had gone after him. If only Sergeant Rooney hadn't told Jim, no, wait, let him go. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, she promised she'd be back in a couple of hours. And now it's already getting dark. But Mrs. Belden didn't scold. She had called the Wheelers and knew everything that had been going on. Who knows at the Wheelers what's been going on? (laughs) Miss Trask knows everything. Have you not learned that yet? She just has some like psychic abilities. They do call Brian's car a jalopy. They do. What's a bike stall? I picture it being like the barn and they don't have any horses. (laughs) they, They put the bikes in one of the stalls. That makes perfect sense to me if they have a barn, which we don't know for sure. Then they all sit down to dinner and dad's not there. So Trixie can't ask him about the the Martin thing and why, who is Emily? So basically, we still don't know who Emily is. <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> chapter called someone named Emily. Right, someone. It's still just someone. Someone. Miss Rachel says the name Emily and then cries in my oh, window. Yeah, she catches her breath suddenly, cries out softly, Emily, buries her face in her hands and sobbed pathetically. Okay, well, that's much more dramatic than Miss Rachel says the name Emily and then cries. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps you should be doing the rundown. Uh, that's okay. I like yours. You have a later version than I do? I have a dollar fifty. Well, on 122, mine has a squaw reference. Oh, um, that at the very, very, very bottom. Brian says, seems yep. to me there's a certain curly head squaw. Squaw. Okay. This book had a lot of squaws. It did. And they didn't take them out. They took out the one in the beginning, I think. And then that was it. Speaking of taking things out, should we do corrections for chapter 11? Oh. Yes, let's. Okay. Now, I don't know if I can trust this schoolgirl Seamus's ink. That one we realized because it made absolutely no sense. Right. Okay. It's already nearly five and dark, and then it's already getting dark. Like you, they realized it wouldn't be dark at five. (laughs) Right. It would not. Okay. Chapter 12, Out of the Past. Sounds like we might get to find out who Emily is. I'm, I'm guessing she's someone from the past. I'm I'm putting the clues together, the old outfit, the curly hair, Miss Rachel crying. Okay. Out, Emily. <laughs> oh, Brian tells Trixie that Emily was Miss Rachel's younger sister. Emily died the night of the fire when she went into the swamp. Trixie, Brian, and Mark hear Gabe playing the violin at the Wheeler house. The music suddenly stops. Okay. Uh, let's let's get into it before I start mouthing off stuff. Okay. Trixie and Mart have a big to-do over pie. A piece sure of why. blueberry pie. Yeah, I was thinking that this was maybe like a filler. Just going to say filler. Because A, they're fighting over a piece of pie. And B, it's weird that Mart drops blueberry pie on his shirt 
but says that he's supposed to be wearing it. Is it the next day? Monday. <laughs> Monday. It's Saturday. He already knows what he's supposed to be wearing. His mom told him, you, you have to wear this on Monday. Don't drop blueberry. Don't, <laughs> maybe don't wear it on Saturday if you're supposed to wear it on Monday, especially if you're going to a swamp and doing all kinds of stuff. But then before Trixie is nice enough to help him, he has to make some comment about Trixie growing fat by saying, I only did it to save you from falling a victim to excessive avoir du poids, dear sibling, which means growing fat in mm-hmm. French. So that's nice. And then I would have said, no, I'm not helping you. Well, she doesn't probably know what that means. So. <laughs> she okay. knows how to get it off. Again, with the moms will scout me. Yeah. She helps him and he says, you're really not a bad sort, sister, da. And then he's got his imaginary monocle. Thanks, Offly. I guess that's British. That's, I don't this know was how the to. the one, yeah, where we just, he just flipped personalities. Yes. From one character to another. He had many, many personalities. He does. And why is he carrying, okay, pie is messy. Unless it's a hostess pie that's all enclosed and comes in a little wrap. You know, who carries around a piece of pie? I did, and I dropped my glasses into it. (laughs) You were just carrying a piece of pie? No, I was carrying the pie tin. throw it away and then my glasses fell off into okay that's nothing like this not the same that's nothing like carrying a wedge of blueberry pie in your hand and just trying to cram a bunch in your mouth and it's like one of the messiest things you can eat while you're wearing a shirt you're supposed to wear to school on monday brian knows the whole story and that's exactly what i said basically except uh miss rachel blames herself because she got her sister out right and then she went back in to get some papers and when she came back out emily was gone and drowned in the swamp does that make sense to you yes she had a nervous breakdown and was in a sanitarium for months Uh, is that a lunatic asylum in 1962 they might have started moving toward the therapy model of locking people up (laughs) gay playing the violin all the way over at the wheelers who live a long car ride away apparently, yet live next door. It was gay gypsy music, which I'm not sure what that is, but there was no more of the gay gypsy music from the Wheelers. Okay, corrections, changes for, oh, there's quite a few for chapter 12. Trixie laughed was changed to Trixie answered. I'm not sure why. Brian shrugged. And that sentence was taken out. And I think last time I might have read the corrections too far. So I think that one was also <laughs> the, the last recording. Then all three listened then while the invisible violinist executed difficult and showy passages against a subdued accompaniment. And that just was taken out. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember any of that. No. And then Mark says, play more chop chop and that gets changed to play more i'm guessing because it's racist (laughs) (laughs) chapter 13 good intentions oh i have two lines gay fainted during her recital at the wheelers and her performance at the music hall would be postponed okay let's see if anything else happens (laughs) it sounds like um is this still saturday (laughs) yes 
It's still Saturday. It's almost Sunday, but it's still Saturday. Okay. Oh, the Belden station wagon being driven into the barn hyphen garage. That's where we got that it's a combo. Yeah. Okay. That so it's the same thing. So that would make sense that there's bike stall. We find out that Gay fainted. She's forbidden to touch her violin for a week. She's supposed to be rest up and be a normal little girl. Yep. Next week or 10 days, she should be able to appear the Saturday after that. Bobby's super annoying. Mm -hmm. Like Gay going with us to pick flowers. And she says that was honey on the phone and Gay is sick and she can't go. So Mm -hmm. we'll put it off to another day. And he's like... Yeah, I don't want to. You said we'd go tomorrow and take gay. You're mean. I was like, mm, no, she didn't really say that. <laughs> she said she would she ask. She said maybe. Yes. She said we'd ask. And he bursts into sobs. You don't like gay. Okay. I have a couple of problems with that. First of all, you don't act like that if you want a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. First of all, <laughs> Don't act like that if you want a girlfriend. <laughs> you don't. Six-year-old Bobby. <laughs> yes, he obviously does. He gives her a chameleon. Now he wants to give her flowers. He wants to go on a date. But that's not how, yeah, you don't act like that. It's finally Sunday. Um, Are we done with, wait, what? Damn it. I didn't finish my rundown. <laughs> oh, you stopped at the end of the day. I did. And look, I've got the days. They're highlighted and everything. That's why I only had two lines. <laughs> All right. Let me do my rundown. All right. It's Sunday. Trixie and Honey ride over to Miss Rachel's for a visit. There's a car parked at her house. They turn to go home and a car races by and spooks Susie and the driver of the car was Paul Trent. Okay. Wow. I really messed that up. They pawn Bobby off on, (laughs) I don't know who. Nobody. He runs into the house. They tell him, gaze up at the house. And he just takes off with his flowers. Paul Trent's been snooping around again, still with his kidnap theory. He won't let it go. He says somebody put Gay up to hiding and pretending she had been kidnapped. Did that happen? No. He's got a bone to pick with these BWGs. Oh, here I have. Let's see. What's this about? Honey looked impressed. I never thought of the Indians as people who needed medicine. The pictures always show them marvelously healthy, even if they must have nearly frozen lots at times. Not wearing much clothing. And I said, ah, yes, school history books. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then a car comes racing down the road. It was Paul Trent. Yes, that's, yes, that's what it was. (laughs) Okay. Oh, we've got some, um, I guess we just have one that looked interesting to me. Trixie says, I should get Di and me some good marks on our project. If we can add that recipe in parentheses to our bunches of swamp plants. That was changed to, if we like it, we can get the recipe for Miss Bennett. It would be nice if we could add that recipe to our bunches of swamp plants. So she takes Di out of it. Now it's just her and honey. Also, how, how now all of a sudden is this like a graded project? I don't know. 
was, I was thinking a, that too. It was just going to be a surprise because she felt sorry. Right. Now she's trying to get marks. It's gone from charitable work to, yeah, better something where better, she's trying to get something out of it. Better give me some extra credit. And why is Di even in the book? What has she done? She said she was going to go with, and then she couldn't or didn't. And then they said she could have part of the herbs, but now they're saying she's not even part of this. Yeah. Just, she should just have been on spring break or something or. <laughs> the BWGs minus die and Dan Mangan <laughs> as always. Are we ready? Ready. Chapter 14, trouble brewing. It's still Sunday. Trixie and Honey find Jim, Brian, Mart, and Bobby in the clubhouse. Gay is showing off Mr. Pooh's tricks. Trixie insults Gay, and she runs off to play with Bobby. Miss Crandall makes Gay go inside. Trixie is worried about what Paul Trent will write about her in the paper the next day regarding Gay's disappearance. Okay. Oh, I have a BJ here. Black jacket. Oh, when they reached the foot of the Wheeler's driveway and paused as usual to gaze with pride at their little clubhouse, they were surprised <laughs> to see the door wide open. Is that the second time in this book they've done that? <laughs> or is that it just... Is. <laughs> it is the second time in this book. <sighs> Mr. Pooh is waltzing around on his hind legs and balancing a small, brightly painted stick across his aristocratic nose as he danced. Okay. Yeah. And Gay is sitting cross-legged on the table, guiding him. I picture like a puppeteer. That would be a good description. She says he can do lots more tricks in a bored voice, but that's enough for now. Why is she bored? No, everyone's like excited and yeah, she should be eating that up. I did think Trixie was mean about ready. This annoys me, this page here. Okay, let's skip to the next page. (laughs) All right, Trixie's mean and... Everyone agrees, including Brian. She runs out and sees that Gay has is lying in a crumpled heap in the middle of the driveway. Another injury. Okay, Mr. Pooh's all upset. Bobby's there crying. Brian motions them all to stand back <laughs> as he made a cautious <laughs> examination. The doctor's here. Just tripped and knocked herself out. She'll be okay in a minute. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> People don't knock themselves out when they fall. Especially little kids. For some reason, little kids know how to fall. They're short to the ground. It's not like an adult falling. What could you possibly have done to go unconscious? You could not hit your head hard enough in that situation, I don't think. Unless you slipped on something and went backwards. She's got a small bump on her forehead. Then she regains consciousness. And runs off with Bobby, running hand in hand up the driveway. So do we think that she was faking or not? Well, that's what Brian seems to think, but... He is a doctor. And Trixie suddenly decides to be nice to Gay. Yes, she's very nice. Well, she probably feels bad for saying something so mean that made her run up the driveway and fall on her head. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, ugh, Brian, Brian, don't turn into Mart. He's pretending to stroke an imaginary beard. Doctors never tell, he said in a deep voice. Well, she obviously has a bump on her head, so she did get hurt. Whether she was unconscious or not, we'll never know. Trixie helps her mother prepare the late Sunday afternoon dinner, which I didn't really understand what that was. (laughs) Do you have anything else? I do not. 
Okay. Corrections for chapter 14 then. So Bobby burst into tears and howls was changed to Bobby burst into tears. He's no longer howling. Oh. That's it. Mature of him. (laughs) Apparently he wasn't sucking his thumb in that chapter. So that's good. All right. Oh, it's Monday. Seems like it's been a really long weekend. That was. The whole book. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been one weekend, right? Yes, it all started Friday when they came home from school and Gay was there. So chapter 15 is The Twisted Story. Paul Trent mocks Trixie and Miss Rachel in the morning paper. After school, Trixie, Honey, Di, and Gay are driven by Tom to Miss Rachel's house. Gay returns the dress she took from the barn. Okay. Hey. The way he wrote about Trixie was so mean. I just put, was there no editor at this paper? Because that seems like it wouldn't have gotten past an editor. Yeah. And they know the Belden family. The whole town does. Mm -hmm. He's an 18-year-old reporter. (laughs) Without a journalism degree. And they talk about Miss Rachel. She had her own store. Do you think the map that we have that shows where the marsh is is incorrect yes i think the map that we have everything is incorrect because it's shows it being right next to town yeah how would a highway come through and completely take away her business it wouldn't there is no highway we've covered that And it's not even like she had a business somewhere else with a storefront. I mean, I don't understand a highway would give more people access, not less, right? Yeah. Because we know a highway can have turnoffs. I don't know if a super highway can. So it actually describes it. She was an excellent businesswoman until the highway took away the passing cars and left her (laughs) high and dry out there. A highway is passing cars. That's what a highway is. She could have put up signs. Hook drugs, patchwork quilts. That people came from all over the valley to buy. Well, right. No, she's there. They're not going to let a highway. In fact, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, let's take the super highway. It'll be much quicker. Get we'll get off at the swamp exit. And- that makes absolutely zero sense. That would only make sense if it completely cut her property off from any kind of access, which clearly it's not. The schoolmates call out through the open windows jokingly, goodbye, Miss Sherlock Holmes Belden. There were noisy giggles from several others as the bus pulled away. And Honey, Die, and Trixie all got off at the same stop. So, on that bus, city people. I don't understand this bus situation. That's just sloppy. That's just somebody who just is like, oh, yeah, they got to take the school bus home. What's a school bus? It's full of kids. Okay. Yeah. Dye has a line. Oh, don't pay any attention to those dopes. Pretty violet eyed Diana Lynch told Trixie. They'll forget that silly article by tomorrow. They won't forget that silly article by tomorrow because they're not going to forget it until somebody else does something that they can bug them about. I know. That's how bullying works. Okay. Oh, Diana's got another line too. I want to meet her, Diana seconded as they started up toward the house to change. She wants to meet Miss Rachel because they left her out. I guess she was shopping all weekend. I wonder what she bought. They don't talk about what she bought. Are they all going to change? Why would she have? Honey says, let's hurry and change to riding things so we can get started. I guess she's just going to maybe wear Honey's clothes or maybe she has her own store of clothes there. Trixie too. 
I don't understand, but I guess they have to all be at the house. That's why they all got off there. Where are Brian and Mart? Did they stay on the bus? <laughs> Brian, Mart, and Jim are not in the scene. <laughs> so Brian, Jim, and Mart were not on the bus or they stayed on the bus for the next stop. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. Here comes Tom. Instead of riding, even though the horses, they were all saddled and ready to go, standing, waiting. And then Tom, the chauffeur, says he's going to miss Rachel's. And then they all are like, we don't have to change clothes. Let's just go in the car, I guess. Right. Let the boys exercise the horses this afternoon. Mm -hmm. They're all ready to go. We don't know where they are. They're not with us. We can't count them. (laughs) We got to find them first, but the horses can just wait. Yeah. And let's not even ask them. Let's just assume they're going to, even though we apparently said we're going to, because they're already prepared to change clothes. So oh, Reagan's there, though. Yes. Reagan says, I'll break the news to them. And Gay is in the car. I guess Di has never met Gay. <laughs> Why would she have? Because it's page 156. <laughs> she, but she was shopping all weekend and it's only Monday. So I don't know when she, she hasn't met, met Miss Rachel either. She's got a lot of people to meet. She's been missing out. So Gay gets really annoyed and uncomfortable when everyone is lavishing her with praise about being gifted and mm-hmm. playing before kings and queens. She was polite to Miss Rachel about the dress. Yeah, she's like one year older than Bobby. And she's like, it's a very pretty dress. And I thank you. And I'm sorry. I was so upset yesterday. This is not girlfriend material for Bobby. No, this is not a relationship that will work till he stops sucking his thumb. <laughs> and then even then <laughs> one, step at a, one step at a time bobby last line i have highlighted she isn't really such a little monster when you dig down is she honey asked trixie and trixie had to admit that honey was right all right oh, okay. chapter 15 corrections. mrs belden says as if miss martin wasn't quite sane that's unkind and cruel it has to be about the newspaper article then that was changed to as if Miss Martin weren't quite sane. I guess they took out that unkind and cruel for some reason. That's it. That's it. All right. Should we go to chapter 16? It's still Monday. After effects. At Miss Rachel's house, Trixie notices an antique box that has a dragon with green eyes. In the car on the way home, Gay overhears them talking about the tales of pirate's gold being hidden in the marsh. Mr. Belden tells Trixie that because of Paul Trent's article, the city council had a meeting to discuss Miss Rachel's mental health and her ability to live alone. So let's see what we have here. It was Mr. Trent. (laughs) They find out that that was at Miss Rachel's, which we know. She told him to leave the property. He's so rude. He, if he wants to get people to talk, you don't know them. And no, unless you're the paparazzi and then you just really don't want him to talk. You just want him to say something to mess right. up. You're not trying to get information from them. I thought it was interesting where she says, I believe there are more cupcakes in my pantry. She went out to see if she could find them. <laughs> <laughs> Did she lose them? Did she lose the cup? Maybe she shouldn't be living by herself out there. They're they're cupcakes. How do you lose cupcakes? Not like I, maybe I might have a box of cookies in the back. (laughs) I I would believe they're not hostess. I think they're probably 
fresh baked cupcakes. She just uh-huh. doesn't know. And yes, because she, she fills the cake plate with them. <laughs> and she came back in triumph. Yes, <laughs> I found them. Trixie finds the brass box with the dragons. It sounds like a cool box. It does. She really liked it. So Trixie says goodbye to the box. (laughs) Oh, and then Gay, I just put, uh uh-oh, where she finds out about the pirate gold in the swamp. Uh, Why don't people, it's Bobby and the catamount all over again. Because she's got a whole plan that if she had all the gold, she could give it to her aunt and then her aunt would not care if she played the violin. Yep. So, all right, Mr. Belden is saying yes. That little hint of Trent's that Miss Rachel thought gay was her sister's ghost has convinced people that the last of the Martins has failed mentally because of her age. Okay, she saw a little girl with blonde curls coming out of the barn wearing her dead sister's clothes. I think any sane person, whether you're 20 or 80, are going to have that kind of a reaction because it's a gut reaction. It has nothing to do with sanity. Brian's got a friend named Bud Brown. (laughs) Never heard of him. We'll never hear of again. But his dad's on the city council. I hadn't got around yet to telling you about it, Trix, but I meant to. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Well, you know how hard it is for them to find time to tell people things. They never have time. Remember, Trixie was at Mrs. Vanderpool's all night long and didn't have time to tell her about the desk. Yes. Number 16. Oh, I have nothing highlighted. So, oh, denied in the next issue was changed to retracted, which is the correct word. But uh, nope, there's nothing. Nothing of interest. All right. Okay. Are you ready for 17? Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday. Time's going by now. Chapter 17, more trouble. What? So little left in this book and so many mysteries have already been solved. Okay. There's nothing written about Trixie in the morning paper. There is a special session of the council to drain the marsh and put in a new access road. Miss Rachel will need to move into the home by early fall. Paul Trent writes about the Martin family and that there may be a fortune hidden in the ruins of the Martin mansion. Let's discuss. Okay. Well, remember from last week that Lydia owned this book and she thought that there was something super important. I wrote Lydia's name here. (laughs) Well, she underlined in her little red pen, will Miss Rachel have to sell her cottage and move away? Can the city make her? Trixie was shocked. Then she didn't underline the next line, which is... Actually, Miss Martin doesn't own that property any longer. The bank does. And then she did underline, but how can that be? It's always belonged to her family, Trixie argued indignantly. I don't know what she found so fascinating about those Hmm. lines. Well, clearly, we discussed this last time because that's why I wrote Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) In the margin. At this time, where you're like, who is Lydia? (laughs) I was kind of like, is there someone named Lydia? What a coincidence. Lydia. I think Lydia's just upset about the circumstances. But like why I the circumstances? Why? Like she doesn't actually own that? So she borrowed from the bank, but then she couldn't pay back the loan. So she had to sign over everything to the bank. But then the board planned to let her stay there as long as she lived. So it was kind of like a, a just a little agreement that 
you can stay in the house because probably you're an old lady and we took your business away. Probably not in writing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what happened. So yes, that's, (laughs) so that's that. And then they dance around this whole, they're not going to bring up the home. And is it called home? Is that the name of the home? Because they have it. It's always the. And then they have it. Home is capitalized. Yeah. I guess dad means the home, not the, the, the is not capitalized. No. The home, (laughs) not the home. (laughs) I guess dad means the home. I am wondering about the history of nursing homes now. Because were what they would you like new? to know? I'm wondering if they were kind of new back then. Would you like before, me to? Because they haven't yes. certainly not always been around. People actually took care of their, you know. Yes. Would you like me to do research on the history of nursing homes? I would. Okay. It might be depressing. I'm guessing they just locked the people up in the lunatic asylum, but we'll find out when they started. Mart says that. They were going to maybe hold a square dance on the 4th of July as a benefit for her. But Mart says like, oh, the city fathers would not want that, a benefit to keep someone from having to go to the home to live after they've put a couple hundred thousand dollars of tax money into the new building there. Is this a city-owned home? (laughs) A government-owned home? Okay, now I really have to get into this whole nursing home history and when private nursing homes came around and interesting. All right, yeah. I I will do that because it actually sounds interesting to me. Okay. And come back with a brief report for you. Brian heard the news first from the councilman's son. Bud. Bud Brown. I <laughs> went to the you know. to give him a first and last name. Yes. Maybe he'll show up again. Oh, I have a BJ thing here. Leprechauns and fairy shoemakers. Mm. Where have we heard that before? How many books have leprechauns and fairy shoemakers in them? And she references that Dan could tell them about the leprechauns. Right. Somebody who wrote this either wrote Black Jacket or read Black Jacket. Carefully. Carefully. Yes, very carefully, because that wasn't a huge part of it. No, it wasn't. It's carnival. Because I actually had that thought. Why? Yeah. And then I was, and then my second one was, oh, he's still around. (laughs) (laughs) That Dan, what was his name again? Dan something. That's why they said Dan Mangan so many times. So we wouldn't forget him when they don't include him in the next five books. Person that wrote Black Jacket would have put him in because they really liked him. Maybe they weren't allowed to. Maybe they got the characters and said, these are the characters in the book. You can mention Dan, but he's going to be real busy. Oh, here's where I put sounds like they're looking for a reason to get the road through (laughs) (laughs) because it's in the morning paper. Okay. So what day is it now? Wednesday? I still have it as Tuesday, but I might be wrong. Okay. They they rode horses. They said good night. Then there's a, there's actual break in the text and then they have the morning paper. Oh, okay. I missed that because I wrote, sounds like they're looking for a (laughs) space. So when I did my rundown, I must've missed that it was a new day (laughs) because normally I would look for a space. Okay. So it's Wednesday and they find out that they're going to start the road in the fall, which is good because now she's got more time because it's only April. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really care about this history of young Ez Iraq. (laughs) 
Azarak Martin. So that was just to explain the box and the mystery of saying it was a big treasure, but then no one can figure out why it's a treasure. Maybe there's but, some money somewhere. Yes. And now Paul Trent has blabbed about it to everybody. So now everyone can come and try and find it. That's great. Hmm. Trixie just wants someone to find it so they can give it to Miss Rachel. So she can buy a house and open up a handicraft shop or something. Brian says, no, not going to happen. Nice little dream tricks. Yeah. But Miss Martin's in real trouble. This reporter is out of control. He needs to be reined in by, I don't know, his boss, the editor. Okay. Corrections for chapter 17. The general opinion around the valley was, was changed to the general opinion was. And then Hornswoggle us into being dopey enough to go out there on Trent's hunch and get blisters for nothing is changed to Hornswoggle us into going out there on Trent's hunch and get blisters for nothing. Okay, so they took out dopey enough. As well they should. My goodness. (laughs) We're not going to fix these other things, but... By God, we don't want Dopey enough in there. Hornswoggle in, Dopey out. Around the valley, out. No, it's just not okay. All right, rundown. Chapter 18, it's Friday. Trixie and Honey ride out to Miss Rachel's. They hear the sound of gunshots. On the way, they see six men with shovels walking down the road. The men were digging on the Martin property looking for the hidden gold. Trixie and Honey tell Miss Rachel that the BWGs will help sell her antiques to raise money for her. When they get home, they find out Miss Rachel will need to move out of her cottage by a week from Sunday. That must be the time limit, huh? I guess so. That's quite a big difference. (laughs) So six months or a week. Okay. Honey and Trixie realize that no one's really even asked Miss Rachel how she feels about going to the home. (laughs) so maybe someone should ask her maybe she won't mind at all maybe so they're gonna ride out there and i guess ask her if she minds going to the home and then they're riding along and they hear gunshots and honey knows they're gunshots because her dad took her duck hunting last fall that seems like something that would have been mentioned honey going duck hunting with her dad yeah no (laughs) no that's no that's not i can't even picture mr wheeler hunting period no. Even though I know well, he, he has the game preserve, so he can hunt. He does have the game preserve. Yes. <laughs> and I also would like to point out that they should both know what gunshots sound like by now, since Jim shot the dog, they the catamount got shot, and there was a weird, mysterious gunshot in Black Jacket or Glen Road, one of those two, where we never really found out what it was, remember? Right. Yes, I do. <laughs> we think also, it was Mr. Reagan, Reagan shoots it up in <laughs> yes. the air whenever yes. they find them. Which is a lot because they get lost a lot. Yeah, he's done that multiple times. So, yeah, they would know right away. Plus, if Mr. Wheeler is hunting on that preserve, they would hear gunshots all the time. Yeah. So, okay, whatever. So they're hiding in the bushes with their horses, which... I would think would be pretty difficult to do. So it's these six men, they're crabby, they're rough looking young fellows in in denim. (laughs) (laughs) They were talking angrily about something and then it looks like they've been digging. I don't know if they got that from the fact that they were (laughs) holding 
using spades and shovels or <laughs> what? Okay. And then, of course, right away they put this together because Paul Trent wrote that article in the paper letting everyone know that there might be gold there. Right. And they put that together in like two paragraphs. They did. They were pretty quick. I'm just thinking about these six rough looking young fellows. Where did they come from? And they walked all the way there. It seems like that they would have had a car. Of course they would have had a car. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they were from Hawthorne Street. There's some rough looking people there. So then they decide to go check on Miss Rachel. I guess they were digging in the Rose Garden. Well, it says signs of digging were at the foot of the mounds of rubble at the edge of the garden. There's strong evidence that the men had been looking for something there. Hmm. Men with shovels and big holes and a trampled Rose Garden. I think they're looking for something. I think that's some strong evidence. Okay. So they know she's in the cottage because they didn't see her footprints. Well, they find Miss Rachel at her cottage. They do. Standing in the open door, holding an ancient shotgun at her side. <laughs> Miss Rachel can take care of herself. She's got a gun. That's, yeah. Her and Mrs. Vanderpool, man. I mean, it's an ancient shotgun, but it scared off six grown men. Rough looking men. Uh, her whole, all her gardens and herbs and everything. Why would they do? Why did they do that now? She said they could have the water, but she said... Be careful of my flowers. And then they trample the flowers for no reason. Then they kind of threatened that they should look inside the cottage for the gold. And then she got the gun. After they called her an old witch and a lot of other names. (laughs) (laughs) Not G-rated. And then he got hurt jumping over the gate. He sprained his ankle. (laughs) Seems interesting that they were polite enough to come in and shut the gate behind them. (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) she gave a couple shots up in the air that scared him off that'll do it it doesn't sound like miss rachel's happy to be going to the home (laughs) the girls did their best to convince her that sergeant rooney or some other police officer would take a hand in stopping the intrusion and then i had written like spider are you sure lydia didn't write that well lydia wrote in red ink <laughs> she was black. red inking the book. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Lydia's the editor. <laughs> <laughs> we finally figured out who the editor is. It's Lydia. The five dollars in the front is not how much she. <laughs> That's what she charged for the <laughs> editing charges. That'll be five dollars. I'm ten. Trixie starts noticing the antiques. You know, she's got an eye for antiques now after Mysterious Code, which is one of the reasons why they think Nicolette Stack wrote this book because of the antiques. Oh, I have an inflation calculation I've written in the book because there haven't been any in so long. I forgot that I did that on a separate piece of paper. And you used to do so many every book. That was Julie. Julie Campbell. Campbell. She had um, one a chapter. There was an inflation calculation. Yeah. Well, because they stopped knowing what time, what year it was. (laughs) That's when they started changing the years. And who knows? What stuff's worth? Okay, What's your calculation so, for this chapter? Honey says her mother paid $200 for a rosewood desk. Not half as pretty as the one you have. So in 1949 or 1950, I guess I've been doing it off of. Mm-hmm. That would have been in today's buying power. $2,182.69. But we don't know when she bought the desk. Mm-hmm. So true. It could be more than that or less, depending. 
So, oh, well, good. I'm happy to see an inflation calculation in here. That gives Trixie the idea to have an auction sale this mm-hmm. fall just before you have to move away. And Jim could be the auctioneer because he's been studying about old colonial <laughs> furniture like yours and can tell how much to take for it. Jim is doing the same kind of podcast I'm doing where I'm learning about all these different things like roads and stinging insects that are just weird little things, but I'm not really setting out to study anything. Yeah, I guess so. For him to all of a sudden be, oh, you know, I'm really going to get into colonial furniture. Maybe after Mysterious Code. They don't mention anything about the other antique show, do they, that they did? No. So Jim can step in and be an auctioneer. No problem. Right, because apparently he's been learning how to do that on the side as well. When they leave, Trixie says, come on, or we'll be scalped by Reagan for keeping the horses out so long. It's like they went back to the racist Indian thing. I know. There's Jim and Brian talking seriously in front of the little clubhouse. They didn't pause to take in its beauty. (laughs) It's just a given now. They don't have to tell us. No, we're just supposed to assume because it said they do it all the time. Jim calls them kids again. Sorry, kids. But Miss Rachel won't be around any longer at the end of the summer. She has to move out of the cottage by a week from Sunday. Even if the bank owns the property for an eviction, you can't just legally do that. Maybe in the 1949, 1960s, 1977s, you could. Not today. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, that's how that chapter ends. Do you have corrections? Let me check. One little one where Trixie says, oh, foo, F-O-O. And that got changed to O-F-O-P-H-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter 19. Still Friday. Best laid plans. The BWGs hold a meeting that night to discuss the antique sale. <laughs> a meeting. We haven't done that in so long. They all decide to ride out to Miss Rachel's the next day. Split chapter. Saturday. Gay wants to ride with them to Miss Rachel's. She thinks they're looking for gold. When they get back to the wheelers, Gay confronts them. She's convinced they were looking for the gold. Basically, it's the same thing. (laughs) Just they ditch her in between. (laughs) Okay. Bud Brown is back in the book. Do you think we'll ever see Bud Brown again after this book? I mean, he's had more of a role in this book than Dan Mangan. (laughs) He has. But no, after after the disappearance of Tad, I don't think that. (laughs) And because Dan Megan couldn't have a father on the council, they had to take him out and put Bud in because they can only have a certain amount of characters per book, I'm starting to think. Miss Rachel is to blame that they're going to do this soon because protecting her, where where is the NRA in here? She's protecting her home and there's proof that she, they trashed her property. She has every right to shoot a gun into the air. Some states, she could have shot them. Mm-hmm. And this just happened, right? Yeah. A couple hours ago? Yes. And then, because then Trixie's like, well, they did all this. They came up, they trampled her flower garden, called her an old witch. And then that wasn't their story. Okay, so you're going to believe six thugs who were digging for gold against an old woman who has absolutely no motivation for trampling her own garden and framing them. That makes no sense. They're sure she's a menace to the neighborhood? What neighborhood? She lives a half mile from town, isolated on a farm on a swamp. There is no neighborhood. 
It doesn't sound like she has a car. She can't get to town to bug anyone. And wouldn't they get another side of the story? They would, but their motivation is that they want her off this land and they want to put that road in. Otherwise, none of this makes any sense. Yeah, you're right. They never say that in the book, but it's so irrational. That's the only thing I can come up with. Whether it was intentional by the author or not, that's what's going on here, I think. Yeah, there's a discussion. Can they or can they not get ready for the sale by Saturday? Saturday, yep. And they need to post signs on the road because most people don't know the way. Really? (laughs) We have a map, so (laughs) we don't live there. So I think it's interesting that, I mean, Old Telegraph Road doesn't seem like it's a super isolated road. It had the telegraph on it. And everyone is going to know where the huge mansion burned down 40 years ago. Of course they are. It's going to spread through town like fire because that's what things like this do in a village. Everyone's going to already know that she has to move. And now it's going to be while she's selling antiques. She's probably selling them really cheap. Let's all get out there. Wait, we don't know the way. (laughs) I hope they put up signs. If only someone would put up a sign to the burned out mansion where there's a swamp where someone died. We have no idea where that. And where that woman used to be famous for selling quilts and handbook rugs. We all have in our houses. Where was that again? Now that the <laughs> superhighway is there. <laughs> we don't know how to get track. <laughs> we don't even know. What? The superhighway goes right past Telegraph Road? <laughs> um, it's the main road through town? Who knew? There, I don't understand why a 10-year-old girl in the midst of a fire, her sisters in the house would go wander anywhere, much less a swamp, which we don't know where it is until I do more research. Okay, more research. Yay. Maybe I won't be able to research nursing homes for you then. All right. If you look disappointed, I'm going to. <laughs> both. I didn't say anything. It's, it's I can tell by you your face. I've known you long enough to read your face. Okay. <laughs> so they're going to have a meeting at the clubhouse and come up with a battle campaign. So then Trixie, Honey, and Di, we're going to ride out to Miss Rachel's, even though as far as we know at this point, Di has had one riding lesson and doesn't know how to ride. Dan Mangan, bless his heart, he did make the meeting. I, yeah, I was like, he was there? <laughs> well, he didn't have any lines and he couldn't do anything, but apparently he was sitting there. But yeah, it makes it sound like he wasn't until it says he had left the meeting early. <laughs> But he had promised to drop over when he had a chance during the week and do what he could to get ready for the sale. I think that's the end of Dan, right? <laughs> for this book. Yeah. Well, Di never showed up for the ice carnival, so I'd be surprised if Dan showed up for the antique sale. Very true. Why is Di batting her eyelashes at Mark? I wrote okay. you. That's from Happy Valley. She was batting her. Remember they were batting their eyelashes? Gosh, that swell, Mart beamed. We'll stop by for you then. So they're going to stop by, even though they're all riding horses, they're going to stop by for her. Does that mean she's going to be waiting with a horse or waiting while they bring her a horse? It's a good question. She's bringing lunch. We know that. Maybe she's going to ride with Mark. (gasps) Maybe. All right. So here we have a problem. It's a horse problem. Okay. Well, first of all, 
die. Does she have her own horse? We don't know. So I guess we kind of have to, since she's had one lesson on Lady, assume she doesn't have a horse of her own at this point, right? Okay. Otherwise, she would have ridden over to the the wheelers and they could have just gone from there. Right, because that would be closer. So Jim can ride Jupiter. Trixie will ride Susie. Marta rides Strawberry. Brian will ride Starlight. Then there's one horse left for Die, Honey, and then Gay wants to go. So why don't they just tell Gay there's not another horse for you? And because why at the she- very least, Honey has to ride Lady. So they could just say to her, instead of saying you can't go because of this and this and this, they could just say, listen, we don't have enough horses. All right. And then they come back and Gay is waiting for them, demanding to know where the gold is. Honey gives her flowers and then she's overcome with gratitude from flowers that she could have picked in the Wheeler garden. Yeah. And besides Bobby already brought her flowers. I know. I don't know what those looked like. That didn't touch her little heart of stone like these did. (laughs) Did it? Because she just pretends to like him, remember? Right. Although they did run off holding hands. That would have been quite an act. Okay. We end the chapter with something that I wrote. Is this supposed to be funny? Oh, I wrote ug for the whole <laughs> last paragraph. <laughs> what is it? I just see that I wrote ug. Moms is making a date at the beauty parlor at three. And if you don't get home to take Bobby off her hand, there's going to be one wrecked beauty parlor in sleepy side. Okay. That is not funny. That you have a brother who will actually do that. Right. That's why it's not a joke. Okay. In the original, Brian says, show enough. S-H-O-N-U-F-F. Show enough. Brian (laughs) does? That sounds like something Mart would say. Yeah, I know. That's probably why it got changed to sure do. That's it. Okay. Okay. Mark kind of stopped talking weird. Like the first half yeah. of the book, he was at his, his <laughs> Maybe he went back on his meds and now his personalities are quelled. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Okay, run now. Chapter 20. For the days of the week, I have Sunday to Friday. Then I have, it's called Complications. Chapter 20, Complications. And I have one line. Sunday to Friday, they work on the sale and help Miss Rachel pack for the move. That's the chapter. That's all I have. Oh, okay. Not that they couldn't have. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, Friday night, Trixie finds an old letter in the brass dragon box. Miss Rachel sends the box home with Mart as a birthday present for Trixie. Saturday, Gay goes with Honey, Trixie, and Di to work at the antique sale. Ooh, (laughs) okay. It rains and there are no customers. They leave Gay sleeping on the couch, and when Trixie goes to check on her, she's gone. That sounds like a parallel story. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was surprised when I was reading the ad. I'm like, I'm literally almost at the end. <laughs> How has nothing happened yet? <laughs> oh, when I didn't do my rundown right? Well, okay, in my defense, this chapter covers an entire week. Yeah. Sunday through Saturday. So it was a lot of breaking things up. It was. Okay. Agree. Apologies. The first part of the whole week goes until the end of paragraph two. Polish and paragraph three. Okay. Yep. 
They find a secret door in a box with dragons. Uh, the dragon box that with the green eyes that Trixie sounds loves. Cool. Okay. All that's in there are some letters. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. And stamps. Foreign stamps. So now it's all about the gift. It's as a rack and Molly again. Mm-hmm. He's sending her. Where? Why is he in China? Do we know? Working probably. Uh, maybe, but we didn't really pay that much oh, that's attention. We to skipped story. over this whole part. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I don't need to know. Anyway, he's sending his bride Molly a gift for their first wedding anniversary. And then they all start guessing what the present could have been. Okay. And I'd like to point out that Brian has said squaw twice in this book so far. I know. Says it right? again, Come on squaws. Before our theory was that Mart was racist and he was the only one who said squaw, except for that one slip by Jim. Yeah. But now Brian's throwing it out right and left. Oh, looks like Miss Rachel and Mart have a little secret. Okay. And she right away knows it's her birthday present and what's in it. That's the dragon box. Says, how can I guess what silly secret my little twin might have? I think that's weird. That they call each other twins and almost twins. I know. They're siblings a year apart and they look alike. Yeah. And they're getting kind of old for that. Uh, Oh, you think? (laughs) It's, yeah. It's just too much in this book. It's too much. Okay. Jim can't, now Jim can't be the auctioneer. And why can't Jim go? Is it just so he's not there? Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he can't even go. No reason. He's the auctioneer. I'm not going to be able to make it, but here's a list of the prices. That's not what an auction is. And then Mr. Belden's like, fact is, I need you and Brian both here all day. We've got to get the kitchen garden planted for your mother. Come on, Mr. Belden. Are you kidding me? In New York, I think you can wait until May. Don't plant anything until May. He wouldn't do that. Nor would Mrs. Belden. It's supposed to rain Sunday, honey. Oh, well, I guess the boys... (laughs) Can't go to the auction then. Why take them all out? So they're not there to make it when easier? when stuff happens. Oh, so that Trixie can be the yes heroine. Their parents were still up and waiting to hear how things were going okay. out at the Martin yeah. Cottage. How are things going? By the way, you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, poor Trixie. Would... She's thirteen. Now you have to run this entire sale with your thirteen-year-old friend. So Bobby was sleeping. He comes running into the room straight for the present. He had to climb up on a chair to get to it. And then Trixie startles him by yelling his name and he drops the box on the floor. Cannot somebody stop him in between the bottom of the staircase and the chair he's climbing on? There are five people standing there. They're standing around with baffled expressions and frowning puzzledly. That's a word I don't use much. I've never used it in my life. And I don't think I've ever seen it before. (laughs) Put that in your book. Yes. All right. Let's move on. Ryan is going to chauffeur a bevy of females. What an interesting expression. (laughs) And it's not squaws. (laughs) No. Was it? Sounds like one of those uh, awkward. Right. Isn't bevy what Trixie said they were going to call their meetings? Yes. That's why I bring it up all the time. They're having a bevy. No, it says bevy of females in the first edition. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Hmm. 
Okay. Well, good on them. Trixie also makes a reference to Honey and Brian. Yeah. Because he says, how did I ever let myself get talked into playing chauffeur? And then oh. she says, because one of them has beautiful hazel eyes and it isn't me. And Brian throws a pillow at her. Okay. Why don't these people just get together? Right. It makes perfect sense. I don't understand the die Mart pairing, though. I, I think know. that would last about two weeks. Maybe they should just get together so it can be over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they can move on to their rebound relationship. Okay, Gay is going with, with Mr. Pooh. And a small suitcase. With his lunch in it. And she climbs into the front seat next to Brian. What about Honey? She wanted to ride there, I bet. I bet she did. Then they all climb in. They pick up Di at her gate, which means she had to walk a mile. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They couldn't drive up her driveway to get her. So Gay falls asleep in the car. Brian carries her in. And they just put her on the couch to sleep. Yep. Brian leaves because he was needed at home. And 15 minutes later, here comes the rain. And they, nobody's coming. So they decide to go garden. Okay. They go to the potting shed. Some details about that that don't need to be there. Yeah. No. And then Trixie thinks she hears Mr. Poop barking. So she just decides, I'll go check on Gay. See how she's getting along. Which actually, I guess in this situation, it doesn't. I guess it's okay. It's okay, yeah, because she does say where she's going, and it makes sense where she's going. So, yeah, she's not hiding anything. Okay, so she's looking toward the house, hopefully for a car. So if someone actually came to the show, they wouldn't, nobody would know. (laughs) (laughs) They just walk in and take the antique, and they're coming off the superhighway now. So who knows what kind of riffraff comes on the superhighway. I know. And Gay and the suitcase are gone. The dog, the suitcase, small leather suitcase, and gay. So obviously gay's not going to be helping me if people show up. Apparently not. Chapter 20. The only thing I have marked is it said Brian laughed. And then I changed that to Brian said laughing softly. Okay. Okay. I I don't even have anything to say about stuff like that anymore. I don't either. Okay. Oh, (laughs) why am I so confused right now? Chapter 21, Trixie's Treasure. It's Trixie exciting because we're at the end. Hmm? Confu- it's confusing you because it's the end and it's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. It. Okay. <laughs> Chapter 21, Trixie's Treasure. Trixie rescues Gay from the Martin Mansion cellar. Gay has a high fever, but is cured by Miss Rachel's tea. There are no customers due to the rain. Miss Crandall explains her behavior toward Gay. Late that night, Trixie polishes her dragon box and finds it's really made of gold. That was all Saturday. On Sunday, a Chinese jeweler confirms the box is gold. Miss Rachel decides to move to town and reopen her quilt shop with the money. And then May 1st, we don't know what day it is. (laughs) Trixie turns 14 and there's a party for her at the clubhouse. This is kind of an action-packed chapter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Holy cow. Holy and cow. it's only, what, how many pages? Nine pages long. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, then let's get ready to go quick. Okay, Gay's gone. Trixie thinks that suitcase was empty, and then she brought it along to hide all her treasure, the treasure in that she's going to find. She did, <laughs> which is right. Yes. And so then she hears Mr. Pooh barking. Thank goodness for Mr. Pooh, man. Mr. Pooh saves the day. 
And then she, she calls out to Mr. Pooh. He's leading her. Oh, they, they go to where the men were digging and she finds steps that lead into a root cellar. Hmm. Those guys uncovered those stone steps. That's interesting. It seems weird to me that they dug that far, got to the stone steps, went for a drink of water. Someone sprained their ankle and they didn't go back and finish digging. And they haven't been back for a week, even right. though they dug into it and found a cellar. Why haven't they been here in a week? I don't know. Okay. Trixie goes down the steps, tries to find Gay, and <laughs> finds her. <laughs> Is that, that, that paragraph that begins with Gay was in the cellar. I'd like, <laughs> I just wrote, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know how to process it into words. Yeah. It's like an entire chapter condensed into three <laughs> sentences <laughs> I just kept like reading and I nothing was making sense in my mind it was just coming out so I really don't even know what I said so it sounds like they dug they found stairs the water's rushing in gay went down the stairs and now she's in the water fell in the water struck her head again <laughs> is she unconscious well most of her body is under, but by some miracle, her face was still above water. In a few minutes more, she would have drowned. Is it flooding? Yeah, it sounds like it's the water's building. It's only been raining for about an hour. If you're unconscious in the water, do you float face up? I don't think. So either she's lying on the ground and the water's rising around her. Okay, I like that idea because I was flipped. I was kind of picturing it being like three feet of water already. But it's just she's laying down unconscious and the, and the water's, water's rising and, and her, her face rising. is still okay. uncovered. So she, I picture her now going down the few steps, slipping, probably hitting her head on the stair and then lying, like you said, and then the water's filling. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. From a forensics point of view, I'll buy that. And then there's a space and then all of the action happened <laughs> in that space. <laughs> Afterward. <laughs> what? It tricks a good heart. Yeah, it's almost like, okay, we got to wrap this up. I don't know. I don't understand. Because things in these books don't, this isn't how things go. No, in Happy Valley, it's excruciatingly oh God, long when they're in that flood. That flood is four chapters long or something. Yeah. Anyway, we hear in the past tense how Trixie struggled and carried her body out and Brought her back to consciousness in the shelter of a wildly swaying tree. How they had staggered hand in hand back to the cottage with the drenched puppy trotting ahead in the downpour. This is like turned into a short story. <laughs> really short. <laughs> well, I wonder what happened. I know. Maybe something happened. I like that. Sounds good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just, let's just this one. This book, though, I have to say. It's there's nothing here. Yeah. So maybe they were just like, let's just end this thing and move on to the next book because yeah, there is nothing in this book. Yeah. No, there's not. I mean, there's no character development. There's no relationship development. They brought in a new character that's going to be gone. There's just even, nothing. There's no even substance. Miss, even Miss Rachel. We don't yeah. ever. We'll never see her again. Even though she moves to town. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. But all that this book is, is fluff. 
I'm sorry, whoever wrote this, but our characters did not progress one iota. In fact, Bobby regressed to thumb sucking. So, okay. And now, again, what book was that was Mysterious Code? Where Bobby gets the fever? He got pneumonia when they got lost in the snowstorm. So, again, for anyone listening who cares, fevers do not come on that quickly. And in fact, you need a virus or a bacterial infection for a fever. So this makes no sense. And on top of that, that the tea cured her fever in what? A couple hours, maybe? At the most. It never really says if Miss Rachel has a telephone or not. It seems like they would have called somebody, right? Well, they called Miss. Oh, wait a sec. Yeah, Miss Crandall found out about it. And, And Brian brought her. Well, good, because he's a doctor. Yes. We have the switch in the character. Ugh, I hate that. You cannot do that in one page. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. People have to redeem themselves. They have to earn respect back. You can't just have a horrible person. Besides, she was emotionally abusing her. She could have been charged with child abuse today. Maybe not back in the 50s, but... But her whole excuse of, you see, her father was a great violinist, but he was undisciplined and died in poverty. I made up my mind Gay would have something that couldn't be wasted when she grew up. Every cent she has made, except for our expenses, is in a trust fund for her. She'll never be penniless. Well, then you can stop ragging on her. Invest it. And you don't need to emotionally abuse her anyway. You can encourage her to play the violin. Like you have this, so much how talent, is, Gay. Why don't we just do a few concerts? I mean, if she's got all this money in her trust account. Does she really need to do a book tour? Right. And how about maybe you don't have as much money, but you're happy. <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean money doesn't make you happy? It was yeah. just such a quick yeah, change. I mean, she's literally talking haughtily. Why would she want more? And Trixie's like, to give yeah. to you so she wouldn't have to work so hard all the time, Trixie said very coldly and accusingly. And just that's the switch. That is the switch. She's never even thought of that before. Also, she has no faith in this little girl that she can do anything to take care of herself. Yeah. Just because her father squandered his money. Doesn't mean she's going to. She might not even want to be a professional orchestra player, violinist. Maybe she wants to go to college and be a doctor. Who knows? She's nine or eight or seven. What did we decide on? Eight? Eight Eight-ish. Eight-ish. Okay. We'll we'll give and take. (laughs) And now she's calling off the rest of the tour. She wants Gay to have a long vacation. Yeah. This isn't a matter of minutes. And now after talking to you, we both need to learn to be a real family, not just an artist and her manager. I wrote, come on, exclamation mark. (laughs) Come on. And now that she has broken her fever. I'm surprised Brian didn't go and take a look at her. He should have a med bag with him with a stethoscope and a splint and maybe some bandages. If he wants to be a real doctor, wouldn't that have come in handy with Mr. Maypenny's concussion? Mm-hmm. And and head that he may or may not have stitched up. Up oh, here comes the dragon box. It looks it looks dull. Trixie again. Trixie has insomnia. I've noticed. I know. She's often up in the middle of the night and restless. Maybe she drinks too much caffeine. She did try some pills and some coffee once. <laughs> <It was dope. coughs> 
guess she did take speed mm-hmm. or she thought about taking speed. She no, did she drink tried. the coffee. I think she did try to take some upper. No, she said she was going to, she was thinking about taking pills. Okay. To stay awake. But okay. then she called in one book, they were called sleeping pills. She was going right. to take some sleeping pills to stay awake. Okay. But she just drank the coffee. Oh, Julie Campbell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she drank the coffee. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this whole thing with her parents sitting in the moonlight <laughs> by the window in the middle of the night. It's midnight. What are they doing? They don't do this. People don't do this. <laughs> you are. I am not awake at midnight. <laughs> no, I meant the. I meant the sitting in front of the heavy. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking, like, would I sit with George in front of the <laughs> enjoying the moonlight after the heavy rain? No, no, probably not even at eight o'clock. No, <laughs> or nine true. o'clock. <laughs> even if you weren't going to bed, you would be doing something else. It just is like they're trying to make it be like a super romantic thing that they're just throwing in in the last three pages of the book that have nothing to do with these people's characters or what they've been doing in this book, let alone the other books and their relationship. I mean, either you write those people like that all the time or not at all. It's not just, oh, wish her reaction would have been. What is going on? Oh, why are you awake? What are you doing? She would have thought it was so weird. (laughs) Dad needs a glass of milk. So I'll come down and look at your box, but it would be a wasted effort if I, if I didn't need a glass of milk. (laughs) Right. He's going to take it to the jeweler. His friend, Sam Lee Fong. So that would be what, Sunday morning? Yeah, it's got to be, right? He's going to do it on a Sunday. They must be really good friends. You're going to drive into town Sunday morning. Tom Delanoy drove them. How uh, does Mr. Belden have a friend in New York City that happens to have A1 standing and be an expert in Chinese art? It's something. just a happy coincidence. So Trixie, Honey, and Mr. Belden all go to New York City. Then they come oh, back and, they, and yep, pick up. They yep, come back true. and pick up Die. Yep. Go to Miss Rachel's. And they find out... The museum would pay several thousand dollars. I probably wrote it down. Bella unplugged my adding machine again. (laughs) Again, Bella. Okay, well. Several thousand is kind of thousand. Yeah, and it would be times 10. So 30,000-ish. Okay, how's that? Sure. It is a perfect specimen of the art of the Tang dynasty of a thousand years ago. Hmm. That seems like it'd be more like a million dollars. Okay. The mayor and his four councilmen came out to call on Miss Rachel and they explained a bit sheepishly that they had acted hastily in ordering the work on the road to commence so soon. What? She's literally the truck. I mean, it says you're welcome to stay till next summer. Now the mayor told Miss Rachel, we have found that we were misinformed as to conditions here. When did they realize this? And what made them realize this? Nothing has changed except for she tried to sell some antiques and it rained. It doesn't say anything like, well, the men came forward or someone else saw them doing something or there is no reason for them to change their minds. Not one. Let's tie it all up in a neat little bow. We don't have to explain anything. (laughs) The problem is it's not such a neat little bow. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's supposed to move into the home. 
today. Yes. And now she says, you're very kind, but I would like to move into a small home in town with a shop of my own. So where is she going that day? Is she going to the home for a little while? And then. No. Because she doesn't have to leave. They'll probably just, she'll stay there packed up or whatever. And then she'll find a home and with her (laughs) 20,000. It's not going to. They'll unload. The the boys will unload the furniture. Well, the, the necessary stuff. Yeah. You know, I can see that. Until she finds a different home, she'll leave most of it packed up because she's going to be moving. I don't think she'll go to the home at all. Okay. And maybe the real estate market's a really good deal for buyers. It might be a buyer's market in Sleepy Side. There might be 20 houses available. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those shop on the bottom, apartment on top deals. Ooh. Okay. And then it just... <laughs> Oh, and we got to throw that birthday party in at the very ending. Let's let's do the birthday party. Hurry up. That should have Hurry been up. a we bigger can... deal. It's her 14th birthday. She, she hasn't the main had a birthday. Character. She hasn't had a birthday in the book at all yet. No. And she's the main character and she's turning 14. And they cap it all off with, again, two sentences. Mm-hmm. One sentence. Just, oh, two. Two sentences. No, it's a couple paragraphs for her birthday. No, they move on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kept the whole adventure, gay birthday party. And and half of the paragraph is about Miss Rachel and Gay and Aunt Della. Because they sent her an orchid corsage and a card. Like where where is a corsage from Jim? Yeah. Where's nothing the orchid from, from him? There's nothing from Jim. Wait it's kind of a minute. weird like, oh, she's turning 14. What should we send her? I know. An orchid corsage. Yeah, what I would be bummed if I got that for my 14th birthday. <laughs> Where are you going to wear that? I guess you wear it on your birthday. Mart and Trixie, twins for a month. But that doesn't make them twins. They realize that, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. And then she still can't fall asleep. She's still got insomnia, <laughs> even though she's very tired. So much has happened in the last few days that her mind was whirling. What? Mine too. <laughs> but everything is solved for her. We're still have we still have so many questions. In her mind, <laughs> yeah. everything's great. Yeah, she went through all that. <laughs> We're just trying to picture it. And whether her life at 14 could possibly be as exciting as it has been during this wonderful year, just ending. Well, tricks, you're gonna be 14 for another 29 books that's it forever so i think it's going to be pretty exciting okay that's it wowza any changes in that last chapter i'm sure there are oh i always like the ones that aren't there so there this sentence was added okay and mr Pooh rubbed dry and fluffy sleeping at her side Mm. that's important and this I find interesting. They changed the crackling fire to the fire. Why would you take something more descriptive and make it less descriptive? We have one word too many in this book. Uh-uh. U-H-U-H is changed to uh-uh. H-U-H-U-H. Which is right. Uh-uh. They're both right, right? You they're can both, say either I think one. They're both interchangeable. Okay. Miss Rachel is a quote put off my going to the home for a short while was mm. changed to put off for a short while my going to the home <laughs> okay all right well that one's in the 
Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. What? Lydia, a Lydia. Lydia, um, what? So back on page 209, I meant to say this, and then I think I got so involved in the, it's the page where the, the parents are sitting by the window enjoying the moonlight. The instant wrap up so wrapped up in that. <laughs> but so that page, it's where Trixie it gets up at midnight and yep. starts to polish the box. On the top of that page, she has written in her best cursive, oh. love with a big red box around it. She really <laughs> yeah, you are that a- page. Love that part of the story. Lydia. Lydia, is, Lydia is a mystery in her own right. She is. Lydia, I hope you're listening and you can contact us and let us know what <laughs> you were thinking. You would be a great follower for us mm-hmm. because obviously you were yes. loving the Trixie Belden series. I bet she loved that it was gold. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of myself as a 10-year-old girl. I would have loved it if something happened with Jim and Trixie. I know. The parents, that doesn't seem right. And it's all about the gold. So yeah. maybe she just was feeling love. She decided to write it. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to bring that up during the- No, I find that I love when I find stuff with writing and all of that. It's another mystery. Hey, now we can put it away. Put it to bed. I only have a couple of things I'm going to have to look up. And one is just the nursing home. So. <laughs> I'm glad about that. There won't be a lot of research. Right. Okay. So for my ender, as promised, we're going to go back to suggestions for socials mm-hmm. and look at some games. All right. Because I think these are fun. And I was going to do the second one in April, since it's April, but I was just kind of leafing through and I found one in November called an Indian powwow. Well, did you now? <laughs> so I'm wondering, should we do this one? I think we should. And I think that all our listeners know that it's tongue yeah. in cheek. And of as much as we talk about the politically incorrect yes, of. Yes, especially <laughs> of indigenous people. We're very clear that this is all politically incorrect. And yes, we are not laughing at anyone who is an indigenous person. It's the absurdity of having such a game. It's the absurdity that this was acceptable behavior not that long ago, less than 100 years ago. And that it was in a book where you could just go to a party and this is what the party theme is. Correct. And you would be okay with that. All right. Let's go to an Indian powwow. This is, again, 1947. Okay. Invitations. Make the invitations in the shape of Indian teepees. Give each individual some fictitious Indian name, such as any of the following. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This book is so fun. I mean, in a dark way. Chief Turkey Feather. (laughs) Squaw Turtle Dove. Chief Big Storm. Dark Cloud. Pale Moon. Red Stone. Deep Ditch. What is that? Gully from Happy Valley. Gully. Black horse, white wing, big thunder, tall tree, little sparrow, loud loon. Okay, so some of these actually sound like something that would be used as a name, mm-hmm. but in their indigenous language. So. Yes. 
But some of these make no sense, like deep ditch. That's not a thing. And I feel like if you were having a party and giving everyone their names, you would want it to somehow reflect something about their personality or their Maybe how it tall does. they are or, you know, oh, she's so <laughs> tiny. We're going to call her the little something, you know, little teepee because that's on here. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know these people. Maybe they are representative of them. Perhaps. Loud Loon, though, again, Broad Log. <laughs> What's to be called Broad Log? Stone Lake, Low Tree, Split Oak, Hot Lightning, Little Teepee, and Hot Fire. Ask each one to come dressed in an Indian blanket because you just happen to have one of those laying around. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think they're. What? Are you supposed to wear other clothes too? it's like a toga toga party party. (laughs) exactly okay introduction have a soloist or a small group of singers sing some of the popular indian songs (laughs) such as indian love call red wing and by the waters of the minnetonka this is minnesota red wing minnetonka (laughs) yeah it is uh Instead of applauding, I'll should say how, how. Oh. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed for this person <sighs> who wrote this book. <laughs> I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so inappropriate. Okay. War dances. Let several braves give a demonstration of an Indian war dance. Okay. First of all, you're not real braves and they would know nothing about an Indian war dance. A prize may be given for the best performance. Judged by you. Okay. Here's a game called getting scalped. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. All stand in a circle with their hands behind their backs. One person carries a stuffed sock as he walks around the outside of the circle, he hands it to someone. Then that person proceeds to hit the one to <laughs> hit who? <laughs> hit the one to his right <laughs> as they run around the circle. <laughs> the one who received the sock then hands it to another as he walks around the circle. It's kind of like duck, duck, gray duck, (laughs) but you hit someone and chase them. For how long? (laughs) (laughs) You run around the circle, I guess, once. Once around the circle. (laughs) Why do you have to hit the person on your right? Why can't you just pick who you want to chase you? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That has nothing. and, And what does this have to do with someone being scalped? I thought maybe at least you were good, had to hit them over the head. Yeah, or like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what that's called that. Okay, little papoose. <laughs> Sides are chosen and they line up for a relay. A papoose for each side is prepared <laughs> in a bath towel so that a person can carry the papoose on his back. What is the Oh, is this a doll? A doll, a baby doll. It just, it, okay, you just, you're supposed to prepare it 
in a bath towel so that a person can carry the papoose on his back by holding the two corners of the end of the towel over his shoulders. Okay. (laughs) Papoose must be carried on one's back by holding the corners of the towel over the shoulders. Okay, we got that the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the same thing. (laughs) The side first successfully completing the round win. This is a relay. So, so you got to somehow hand it off to the next person. Where they should tell you what to you. What I don't understand what the papoose is, and it doesn't say is prepared with a bath towel. It says prepared in a bath towel. Mm-hmm. So something's wrapped up that you have. To- <laughs> it, must be a, it must be a baby doll, so that a person can carry the papoose on his back. But how would it? By holding the two corners of the end of the towel over his shoulders. Okay, so you'd hold it like that, right? Yeah. Then you get to the next person on your team and somehow have to hand it off. I don't know. I I would want more explanations for that game. (laughs) Sign language. Is that part of a powwow? Two persons are chosen from the group. There is no talking, but the one attempts by means of sign language (laughs) to tell the other one, what he wants him to do. The second one then proceeds to do what he thinks the other told him to do. (laughs) Okay. If he performs correctly, he proceeds to tell the other person what he should do using sign language as before. (laughs) When the two have completed their performance, this is a performance. (laughs) Two others are chosen from the group to practice sign language. I'm confused. Is this like actual ASL or is this just pantomiming? I feel like if it's pantomiming, you would just mimic what you saw the other person do. And that wouldn't be all that difficult. And there's no talking. So you would be doing something and then I would do it back. (laughs) Or I have to give you some direction like you walk like maybe like you walk to the kitchen but you then know i would just do it back to you you, you would, walk to the kitchen but you have to do what i said like do you are you gonna walk to the kit you know do you understand when i <laughs> move my fingers okay. that i walk and you actually go do it well you have to, yes and then you have to have some sort of confirmation that he did it correctly i know because i could just be like yes yeah. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Come tell me what to do. What is the performance? Okay. This is another one where you you must like vote on people, but this one doesn't say anything about prizes. Mm. Planting corn. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play planting corn now. Gather up. Ready? Everybody, everyone, gather (laughs) around. Two sides are chosen. But they never say how to choose the sides either. Is this I a schoolyard like, pick? Right. Pick a number. Someone's, someone's gonna feel like last chosen, and yeah, you can't do that. You gotta like put numbers into the hat, and then like the even people are on one side, and the odd people are on the other. You can't do a schoolyard pick; it just hurts people's Total. feelings. <laughs> okay, two sides are chosen. Each side lines up in a single file. An equal number of grains of corn is given to each side. The grains are passed one at a time from the front to the end of the line when the leader gives the signal. I hope it gets more exciting. 
<laughs> the player at the end of the line then rushes across the room and places the grain on a pile at a designated spot. When he returns, he goes to the head of the line and the one at the end goes after the grain. When that one returns, he passes the grains of corn down the line as before. In order to win, all the grains of corn must be retained by the first side to complete the relay. I'm confused. <laughs> There's just, and I don't want to play this game. <laughs> I don't either. Sounds like you're just handing them to people. I guess they're small. People are clumsy. <laughs> I don't have thumb joints, so I guess I wouldn't <laughs> be very good. No one would pick me for their side. <laughs> we don't want the girl with no thumb joints. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to know any more about that game, and I never want to play it. Unless you want to try and work through this, we should move I'm, on. That's enough for me. Because <laughs> the next game is called In the Wigwam. Well, let's move on to that one. <laughs> A row of newspapers is placed on the floor. A what? A roll? A, a row. A row of newspapers. Is, okay, let's find out what happens to them. Maybe we can figure <laughs> what that out. What happens next in the wigwam? <laughs> if the leader calls an even number, these games are so complicated. <laughs> I just want to have fun. It's Halloween. Oh, nope. It's November. I just want to have fun. I want to think this hard okay if the leader calls an even number all are supposed to jump onto the newspapers which represent the wigwam <laughs> okay i don't even feel like we're being disparaging because none of these it's games have really anything to a, do with indigenous it's, people it's just the some of the terminology it's the I name guess. of the just, it's just like the idea that you're that this party exists, I guess. But yes, but I mean, if you're gonna do it, I guess the war dances, getting scalped, but has nothing to do with little papoos. That could be like little baby doll. It, okay, I'm sorry. I what happens go. when you jump on the newspaper? Okay, I gotta go back because now I'm confused. Okay, the leader calls an even number. All are supposed to jump onto the newspapers, which represent the wigwam. When an odd number is called, all are supposed to remain off the papers. Okay. A little like the Simon says. I think so. Maybe a quick Simon says. All who make an error are eliminated. In the final elimination, use the number of letters in simple words as a test, proceeding as before when the number of letters is odd or even. So you'd be like cat. Then they'd have to jump on the paper, right? Okay. Okay. No, off the paper or stay off the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand the row of newspapers. Like, is that there's, every person has one in front of them? Maybe. I guess. What does this have to do with a wigwam? <laughs> because even if your newspapers represent a wigwam, this makes no sense. No, it does not. Okay. Do you think this, uh, the author of this book was a, a gentleman? <laughs> yes, his name's Ronald. Okay. Uh, like, did he make... <laughs> all of these games up himself well i'm gonna look at that in just a second i think <laughs> okay but we're not we're at refreshments okay I was you want to guess oh oh yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'd better no, no. <laughs> well i'm Why sure this, you tell you me what have guessed sandwiches <laughs> apples and cocoa oh well yeah of course why would i not guess that what about the cokes no cokes no Cokes, no popcorn. Oh, okay, Thanksgiving doesn't look very good. 
Okay, let's see what this says about this. Yeah. Well, he, he dedicated it to his mother and dad, who always encouraged my having wholesome fun, especially at home. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're have, we're having the party here, dear. <laughs> no, you may not go to his oh. house for the party. We'll have a fun party here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He's from Minnesota. <laughs> well, no wonder the Minnetonka and the Red Wing. <laughs> Oh, did make these okay. up. Oh, okay. Here's the preface. My work with young people in Pennsylvania and in Minnesota has taught me the great need of monthly socials for organized youth groups. As a result, I have planned this material to serve as a guide for organizations that have social gatherings throughout the year. Little emphasis has been placed on elaborate preparations, invitations, or refreshments because most organizations flourish best when outside preparations for socials are kept at a minimum. Then too, each group has its own particular preferences regarding the frills of party planning. I have tried to prepare the schedule of parties to meet the needs of average youth groups. (laughs) I do not expect that each group will use my material intact, but I feel greatly rewarded if my ideas are helpful in any way in the building of a recreational program for any group. I think you're, okay, I'll wait for the commentary. I hope that each person will add his own ideas to this book, yes, (laughs) on the pages provided for their inclusion, so that in time, the book will be of increasing value in helping to solve the seasonal recreational problems Ah. by Ronald Keeler. And it says Minneapolis, Minnesota, M-I-N-N. So are there a lot of blank pages? (laughs) Let's see. I hadn't gotten this in depth with this book. <laughs> okay, January. Uh, no, this is all. <laughs> one page. Your January page. ideas. Okay. One page so one month. page every month. Yes, one page a month. You could probably fit two new games on a page. Well, these games, there's very few instructions <laughs> for some of them. So That's true. anyway. <laughs> I don't want to go to that party either. Okay. I don't know if we'll do another one next time. We have to take a break from those. (laughs) That one, I felt that that was a good call to bring that one in when this yes. has so many squaws and sculpting references. Yes, exactly. Because we don't know. We might not even be doing Trixie Belden. Well, we probably won't be in November. I wouldn't think. Well, I hope not. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> we won't be. I'm sorry, people who love Trixie Bell. We're not going to make it through all 39 books. I'm no. telling you right now. We just finished book 10. That is crazy. Okay. Yes, we did. And that means next week, we're starting a new book, everybody. And it is book number 11, The Mystery at Bob White Cave. Bob White Cave. I feel like I'm past the three that I was kind of dreading and am now moving toward ones that I know I liked better. Awesome. I have in my memory that I didn't enjoy Bob White Cave all that much or that I oh, had really? issues with it. I don't remember. I so did too. <laughs> and I've got a, yeah, I've probably got selective memory loss on this one. I'm starting <laughs> to go a little nuts. Oh, (laughs) never mind. I take it. (laughs) 
first. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was the sound of Lisa opening Bob White Cave <laughs> and closing it quickly. Okay. So we'll just see how it goes. We're going to just work our way through it like we do all these books. Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. we are. So I'll be reading that this week. And if you want to follow along, we'll probably get through half of the book next time. So read up. And until then, the end. 